The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Discover your geeky haven with Toink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toying.com. to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smuggler's Trace Trio. I was about to ask, what are we tracing? I don't know. It is the Smuggler's Three. Are we making hand turkeys? Huh? Hand turkeys. Hand turkeys. Well, you said we were tracing. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Now that sounds like someone after my own central processor. J7, keep out of this. It is the Smugglers 3. Ken, Derek, myself, Mike. Um, I don't remember that. Did someone erase my memory banks when I wasn't looking? All right, so J7's on the Blitz again. It's okay. Um, how are you guys doing? All right. Because <laughs> I almost derail everything. <laughs> busy, busy weekend. And there was celebration, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are we celebrating? Hand turkeys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before we get into celebration by cool in the game, I mean, Star Wars celebration. No, no, let's celebrate good times. Celebration. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's stuck in my head. <laughs> let's ask you to go visit wookieradio.net and support our affiliates like Biddy Boomers. Use code WeebyGeeks for 10 15% off your purchase at Biddy Boomers. Uh, use code Wookie for 10% off all your saber needs at Rebel Sabers. Derek, did you ever design yours yet? What's that now? <laughs> That'd Your be a yes. <laughs> I mean, no. Uh, uh, yes, it's right here. It's my lightsaber. It's compact, fits in your pocket. All right, it's really a Lego separator, but you know, it's also disguised. Hey, I love, I love, I love Lego separators, and I want, I want to get, I want to get that rare teal I got one. My lightsaber. Is it teal? teal? Hey, yeah. there you go. There's, there's been some teal ones out there. Boy, whoever invented that is a genius. 
Oh, wait. Oh, oh the key ring lightsaber? Uh, no, this is actually um, Ray's lightsaber from the Black Series Ray. Oh, okay. Let's see. I have a lightsaber pen, Darth Vader. I've got... I've got her staff, too. All my lightsabers are towards the back of the room, so I can't actually reach them at the moment. I have the Black Series sabers from those characters that have. I have uh, the Vintage Collection sabers. But anyway, we digress. Uh, again, Wookie for 10% off all your needs at Rebel Sabers. Um, Red Flag Workshop Smuggler 3 for all your goodness for Star Wars themed National Park and National Park Ranger patches. And hey, they've even got some uh, removed before flight key rings as well. Um, I actually have one right here. This is the T-65 X-Wing from the sequel trilogy. Nice. And you now, if you're going to call off that, what's the difference? The difference is the T-65 is a not more of a nod to Macquarie yeah. than uh, to the original Macquarie designs. Well, what did they upgrade on it to give it the new model? It's, the, it's actually probably more the, the way the wings are done. Because instead also, of the wings uh, stacking on top, instead of the wings stacking on top of each other, they fold into each other. Yeah. Also, it's got the split engines instead of the two engines, one on top, one on bottom. Remember, they kind of, um, the, yeah. the wings together, it makes one engine. When it splits, it they're kind of each in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, like yeah. that one as much. Uh, yeah, I'm a fan of the originals also. Th- this one uh, I referenced as the Resistance, because it's black with the orange lettering and orange Resistance logo. Uh, and, of course, there's the back for you guys to see. And I cool. believe I've posted these on Instagram. Um, but there's that. There's the Halcyon uh, keyring, um, an Imperial Star Destroyer keyring, which is red with a black border and black lettering. And I have that one on my Star Destroyer sling bag from Heroes and Villains and my Halcyon one, too. Uh, so that's three. And then the fourth one is um, the Abram. Right now, it's the Abrams verse. Enterprise. Uh, the com- is that the Kelvin verse anymore? Okay, Kelvin verse, whatever. It's, yeah. the, it's the Enterprise from the Abrams movies. Yeah. Um, but it's on, but the key, uh, when I helped them design these, we did uh, command, science, and uh, the other security, engineering, all that operation, I guess would be called. Um, and they started off with the command hearing first. So there's that. Get those at redflagworkshop.com smuggler three for 25% off your purchase. And as you heard on, uh, in the pre-show or pre intro helps if I spell it right. Toink.com use code WinGeeks 15 for 15% off your purchase there. And you too could get something like your pick of the week, which this week is, let me pull it up. Cause I think it's my pick this week. It is the star Trek. I mean, sorry, no, <laughs> wrong show um where is my filter option on here sorry oh there we go it's always trying to get the newest items or see what's in the newest items um let's see let's see let's see no i i kind of like this i'm gonna choose the star wars 10 box company lunchbox for episode seven the force awakens yeah i just saw that on here that's kind of like a nod to the old uh thermos lunchboxes Mm mm-hmm I was kind of hoping this came with a thermos. Yeah, most of them don't anymore. That's because they're not actually lunchbox. If you look, they're too small to use for an actual lunchbox anyway. Yeah. But I will say the other option I was going to go with, it's like, how do you decide which one without 
calling the whole set. Um, it's the Visions Tops Now five card packs. They have five cards per uh, Visions episode. Mm-hmm. Just a bit too much, but they do look cool. I mean, they, these look great. So yeah, yeah. The uh, Star Wars Tin Box Company Lunchbox for Episode Seven Force Awakens is the pick of the week. On a, I just saw they also have an Ultraman Lunchbox, Mike. Oh, I I actually have an old uh, thermos lunchbox for Walt Disney World that my sister in law found at a garage sale. Oh yeah, I just gotta find the matching thermos to go with thermos it to, go to with complete it. it and the and the clip that held the thermos in place. So um, so before we get into all things celebration, gentlemen, here's what's around the holiday. Let's cover Mando Mania uh, for this week. So some big, big things that came out this week uh, from Hasbro. Cobb Vanth and Cad Bane Star Wars The Black Series 2-pack from Book of Boba Fett. And this would be the first Cobb Vanth character without the arm. The last time we saw him, he had Boba's armor in a, in a figure. Um, if I remember right, there, there was more announced from this. I hate that... StarWars.com only drops part of it. Well, no, StarWars.com usually has, I mean, they have a full listing on there of what's, what it is. It's just you can't get any more details other than. No, they don't have the full listing of what dropped today from Hasbro. Oh, no. They just have their listing of what Mando Monday was for them. Or Mando Mania. <sighs> All right. So what dropped today? Star Wars Retro Collection Luke Skywalker Jedi Academy dropped for Mando Mania. Uh from Entertainment Earth. Uh, Vintage Collection, Tuscan and Massive 2-pack. Massive being the the beast creature, which uh, I will wait for this to get to. I'm not doing the pre-order on this. I will wait till it gets to Target because... Ever be able to find it? Possibly. I I think after the initial rush, I think it may end up being a a shelf shelf warmer. I don't know. But I, I am... After seeing them a couple of weeks ago do the the Tuscan Raider four pack mm. uh, troop builder set, I I may seriously look into getting starting to get the the Tuscans since there's actually there's not many out, but there's enough variety out there to really make a fun display. And I'll and I'll go back and get uh, the ones from Attack of the Clones as well, so you could get so I could get the female and child Tuscan as well, uh, and then. Um, the Black Series, Cobb Vanth and Cad Bane, I just talked about, and the Luke Skywalker uh, that I just talked about. Those are the three three things from Hasbro that dropped today. Of course, the only thing that's mentioned on StarWars.com is Cobb Vanth and Cad Bane, but I digress. Uh, up next, Star Wars, The Mandalorian, Grogu, Manteca 4 by DC Shoes. So these are special edition Manteca shoe uh, with a lot of nods and to to the little foundling we have uh, with the textured canvas and a leather upper fashioned in asymmetrical designs and the outline of a delicious frog on on this sole. <laughs> so you leave frog footprints. Nice. Uh, from Mattel, Star Wars Jumping Grogu featured plush. Wonder how high he jumps. I don't know. That's a good question. High enough, but course, maybe not high enough. Show it's from Amazon, and there's no video. Yeah. And then from Stern Pinball, 
a, the Mandalorian pinball machine. Yes, I want this. I, I'm not paying seven thousand dollars for one. But <laughs> yeah, these are the fools. A lot of times you see this, and it's the mini pinball machines and stuff, or stuff like no, the this arcade one style. This is full size. No, this is the real full size arcade pinball machine. Yeah, you can charge all your friends three dollars a play. Uh, That's what pinball for now, isn't it? Sure. <laughs> you got to charge that much so that you can actually recoup the cost of buying one of these things, and then afterwards you charge five bucks a game. Toosh. <laughs> Uh, I would love to. If you want to play, if you want to play the Mandalorian, I would actually love to get one of the old Star Wars pinball machines. Yeah, from the from the late eighties, early nineties. Those would be one of those would be fun to have. So that's it for Mando Monday. That's because it's for Mando Mania. Or Mando Mania, right after you finished Celebration, when you showed everybody everything. Yeah. Well, here now. Again, I go back with Hasbro. This is the frustrating thing. Everything Hasbro's doing for Mando Mania has been Book of Boba Fett related. A show that came out last year. Well, that's because they're just now catching up to that. Okay. But they, they've got toys coming out for the Young Jedi series. It's coming. But then again, they almost have to because I believe there's going to be a demand for that amongst the kids, younger kids. But they've got stuff coming out for, for the different Marvel films on time it's like the star wars team development team is running behind why can't they get the stuff ahead of time i don't know it could be part of lucasfilm not showing them stuff early enough i don't know it seems like that's just their game plan that, now. That, yeah okay so not showing hasbro soon enough cool that's what an nda is for yeah that doesn't mean Lucasfilm trusts those anymore. I mean, I mean, come on. We've heard the stories from other people about um, the secrecy and stuff involved in Star Wars. How it's totally insane. That they've, any project they've ever worked on, including secret projects, they've never had anything as bad as with Star Wars. Yeah, but something like, like the merch, because there's so much going on, they can do that. Oh? Because if you think about it, Hasbro said they knew about Grogu before Mandalorian even came out. Yeah. But they couldn't release anything because they wanted to keep it a surprise until the series started. Mm-hmm. Well, also, you got to think, a company that has Hasbro, um, all the development team and all those people may sign NDAs, no problem. But the um, the guys in China stand, standing on the floor making these things. Right. The hundreds of people in the plant, you're going to keep every one of them quiet? Uh, Disney, well, Disney keeps the majority of their hundreds of thousands of employees around the world quiet because the majority so, of us respect our NDAs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... So I'm saying here in America, possibly, but you never know about it outside of America. You know what I mean? Right. Especially, like right. I said, the guy's making like 50 cents an hour in China. Yeah. But it's a, I think... I honestly think that it's all part of Hasbro's game plan these days just to not to, you know, to release stuff later like this when it's... Yeah. It's getting to the point this they, they make the announcements, everything's pre-order, but by the time it, it actually mm-hmm. hits the shelves or, or ships from pre-order, it's almost not relevant anymore. Yeah. It's Star Wars. It's always relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... That's, it's almost like that's what they're looking at. They're saying, you know what? People are going to buy Star Wars no matter what it is we put out. The, mm-hmm. only, the only last thing I remember seeing where product was out almost immediately after the series ended was Obi-Wan. Andor had a few pieces as well. Andor just didn't have a whole lot of merch in general. But you know, I'm okay with Andor not having a lot of merch in general for the beginning. Uh, I think the only thing I remember seeing was there was Andor, there was uh, the leader of the Rebellion group, Rebellion Cell, that he goes to, um, an Imperial officer, a shore trooper, a new shore trooper, and I think Luther. That was it. 
they're not having any problems selling stuff. So I think this is just how it is now. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those until until people um start pushing back in the in the money department. Right. And I'm not gonna worry about all you want, but as long as people are spending money, that's all they care about. Well, I unfortunately I'm still spending money. Mm-hmm. But that's my wife keeps complaining about um especially like the DC and stuff that everybody keeps rebooting and rebooting all this stuff and why are they keep doing this? Because people spend money at the box office every time they do it. Mm-hmm. If people didn't buy tickets, they'd say, hmm, let's figure out what's going on here. Mm-hmm. But Unfortunately, they probably just canceled the whole thing and I didn't make any of them. Yeah, that's probably what would happen. <laughs> but I am going to say, this is where I raise my voice. We we have this platform and this is where I'm going to raise a voice. Don't get me wrong. I love the Hasbro products. Lord knows I'm with what we're going to talk about here in the near future, uh, later in this episode. My pocketbook's already hurting. Mm-hmm. But I wish we saw some of this in a more timely fashion that we used to see it at in in the past. I'm just saying. Well, also, I think it's still um, there. It was it's still the reaction from all the way back to Phantom Menace. If you go to some of the budget stores, you could still find Phantom Menace toys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a lot of the way they do their business with Star Wars. Now it goes all the way back to there. They had so much of that because they were like, oh. Anything we put out there with Star Wars goes bananas, so we're going to put 75 million of everything. Oh, yeah. I'll bet you, you can, it's not Hasbro, but I'll bet you, if you look around in some of the, um, some of the, like, um, secondhand stores and stuff, you can still find those super Jar Jar Binks lollipops, where the <laughs> sucker was actually his tongue. <laughs> I'll bet you those, are, there's still boxes of those out there that have never been opened. Possibly. I, I've got some, I've got some of the, uh, sweet tart candies that came in the, in the canisters. Mm-hmm. I've never opened. Well, no, I guarantee there's stuff still at stores. Oh yeah. To- oh yeah. Oh yeah. But I'm saying I still got that that I've never opened. It's still got the shrink wrap around yeah. it. I would go and open it up and take the candy out of it. It works the same as it does with comic books or anything else like that. If you flood the market with this stuff, thinking it's all gonna, you know, it's new and big and everybody's gonna love it, and it doesn't sell the way you hope it does, then. Then they make changes that they think are going to work, but really they were the wrong changes because they're not paying attention. Disney went through that uh, with Pixar's Brave and then Frozen. Brave, they flooded the market with merch Mm. because they thought, you know, with all the hype and everything they were hearing, they thought, okay, this is going to sell. And the merch didn't go. Right. So they eased up on the merch for Frozen, which turned out to be a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Right. Still putting out new merch from Frozen now. Right. Yeah. There's a third movie coming. Is there? Yeah. Wonderful. Not to mention what two or three that went straight to um, streaming. Those were shorts, not full features. Those were shorts. Yeah. Little shorts. But it, it's so they underestimated. So they ended up being six months. They had stuff out there, but there was a six month demand for stuff. I won't tell you like with that and with uh, stuff for Tinkerbell, I won't tell you the links I went to to try and find stuff for Zoe for Christmas. <laughs> and as we're telling the story to my parents, my dad goes, welcome to my world. I did this for you and your brother. Mm-hmm. And I know what we went through with my brother. My brother wanted the hover, the hovercraft from GI Joe. Ooh, nice. He got it for Christmas that year, the year it came out, but we couldn't find it in New York anywhere. It, it came from my grandparents in Michigan. They found one. 
and got it for my parents. And of course, my parents paid them back. But yeah, it went that route because at the time there was no internet and you couldn't, and it wasn't in catalogs for mail order to order from Pennies or um, or Sears at the time. Okay. It, it was one of those products that Sears and Pennies didn't have in, their, in time for, for their Christmas catalog or any of their catalogs. So it wasn't available. I've never actually seen one of those in person. Oh, it's a gorgeous piece. I can imagine. With the depth charges and you can cram all these figures into the main bay and mm. the, the little pontoon that shoots out the front. It was a cool, oh. it was, it was a cool little, little thing. Just never expected that was going to be a, a Christmas grab mm-hmm. for that particular year. Uh, I want to say that was 84, Christmas of 84. I don't remember. Because we, we had just moved to New York around that time. But uh, so we're going to go day by day through celebration. Uh, and I think we should hit the major, major points and then we can go back and hit the smaller ones if we still have time. Because some of the stuff we're going to be talking about for a while. Uh, well, first one from Thursday. We've talked about. Yeah, we already covered the Lego. It's the Return of the Jedi 40th anniversary dioramas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the speeder bike chase on indoor. Cool. Um, and then the throne room which comes with Luke, the Emperor, and Vader. And I think I had meant, I know I had mentioned, I would love to have seen two Imperial Guards as well. That way, yeah. if you don't do the battle, you can have the two guards in their, in their posts. Yeah, but they were trying to get, because both of them have exactly just the three minifigs with it, so they're probably just trying to keep it even, you know what I mean? Yeah, but still an awesome looking set. Um, I would, I probably would consider getting this, but it, it would, because it's Death Star, too. But for me, most of my Death Star collection has been uh, based around Death Star 1. Yeah. Uh, because I've already got the detention cell. I've already got the Death Star gun with the tractor beam thing. Um, and I've got the escape, the swing escape. I just need, well, I need to get the trash compactor diorama set. How do we not know? How do we know that the throne room isn't in the first Death Star? We just never saw it. This is true. I bet it was. Bet it was. I, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you guys. Or a version at least. The second one was bigger, but. I'm not disagreeing, but we, but I don't force, I don't see that as a, a new hope or a Star Wars diorama set. Cause no. We don't see it until yeah. Return of the Jedi. Right. Well, also the crazy thing is, if you think about it, with as far along as the second Death Star was when we get to Jedi, they were already building that thing while they were building the first one. Oh, yeah, they had to be. So the Empire, Emperor was already ready with two of these things to fly around the galaxy. Well, you got, you got to think about it, too. When we look at uh, when when they talk about Starkiller Base in um, Force Awakens, you go, here's the it's not a Death Star. Because here's the comparisons. There was the Death Star. Then there was Death Star 2 that was a bit bigger. So it makes you wonder if Palpatine looked at the first one and said, yeah, that's not big enough. <laughs> I imagine he had... Uh, so that's when the second had, one was being yeah, built. Like a whole fleet of Death Stars. Probably. I think he was compensating. Well, I mean... There's that, that too. Obvious, but... <laughs> And then, and then we got Star Killer Base, which was the entire planet converted over. So, um... um Yes, that was me tapping my phone into our system. Uh, so, yeah, that's Lego. Um, Friday, which was really the big first day, because uh, Thursday yeah. was like a preview night. And Thursday was really more, I think, maybe would have been the one panel, but I, I think the I think the Lego thing might have been something just done at the booth. Like, hey, here's the reveal. Yeah. Because um, usually preview nights, there's no panels. Now, I'm not going back to look to see if there were actual panels or not. Uh, so opening day was Friday and uh, 
first big panel of the day was the Ahsoka panel. Well, no, no, no. That, uh, this was a real, this was the Lucasfilm um, overall studio showcase panel. Star Wars or showcase or yeah, showcase celebration always starts off with Lucasfilm doing their big whoop de doo showing everything off on the first day. First panel, the first day is going to be them showing off all their new stuff. Then everybody else has to try to follow that. Mm. Where most of the shows like this, you'd expect that to be towards the end of the show to be, to go make everybody go home and say, "Oh wow, this was awesome!" Right? They always put theirs up first. They put the Ahsoka trailer here, but actually Saturday morning was the actual Ahsoka panel. True. True. <laughs> So, okay, so we're in the Lucas Showcase panel. Yeah. The Ahsoka trailer drops. Teaser trailer. It's the teaser Dude, trailer. It is everything I hoped that, that um, we would get out of Ahsoka, just about. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Zoe mentioned to me that she loved, she found it odd, but she she's enjoying seeing Sabine with longer hair. Yeah. Well, she is older. <laughs> Yeah, and and she, she loved seeing Sabine in Ezra's tower with his Lothcat. Yeah, that was I kind of geeked out when I saw the Lothcat sitting there. Mm. And the shot from the tower that is the exact same shot that you get from um, the very beginning the of show. Rebels. Yeah, yeah. But so, so if Ezra, it's Sabine standing there. Um, everybody's seen this trailer. I mean, not just us, everybody who's listening has seen this trailer too. Who do we think the, um, what are these dark force? Cause those are not Sith. Those are orange lightsabers, not red. Yeah. They're Correct. not, they're not Sith. I believe that's already, that's actually been yeah, confirmed. They're, Sith. they're not Sith. They are dark force users though. Dark side users. Yes. People. They're not inquisitors either. No, they're no, not. There is an inquisitor in this. Yes. And so, yeah, what and, so, and someone was trying to say, "Oh, the Inquisitor was uh, is Re- is Reva." Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so because one, it doesn't the outfit doesn't look right, and two, she never came across as one who would wear a helmet. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we do say that um, our our favorite magistrate. Um, oh, I, now I'm drawing a blank. She was from um, season two of Mando. Yes, uh, I gotta find it here. Her name in this in the article. Uh, it's not in this one. It's in the other article. Give me half a second. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, aha. Morgan Elsbeth. It's yes. actually um, Diana Lee Innocento, who's Bruce Lee's goddaughter. Yes. That's why the um, when she was fighting with the staff and with oh, the spear. That. Yeah, that's why in the well in the Mandalorian, you notice um, that when she fights Mando with the spear, um, that was actually her doing that because she is a trained martial artist. Also, her dad was um, trained directly with Bruce Lee. Yeah. He was like Bruce Lee's right hand guy. That actually. Um, took over when Bruce once Bruce was gone. But um yeah, we see that she's in this still. Um and so Ray Ray Stevenson is Balin Skull, a former yeah. Jedi who survives Order 66. Is that according to what IMDb? Really no. Uh Wikipedia uh according to Wikipedia, but I am double checking this on Wikipedia. You do that, I'll check on Wikipedia. <sighs> so uh, at uh, least we're not going to Wikipedia. <laughs> Anyone, uh, can anyone guess what my favorite line from the trailer was? Probably the same as everybody else's. Talking about Thrawn being the heir to the Empire. Yes, that was cool. Okay, Balin Skull, according to Wikipedia, our friends over at Wikipedia, who we've had uh, one of the on the show, and hope to have him back again. Uh, he was a Force-sensitive human male active during the New Republic era. But he's old enough to have been around before New Republic. Yeah. Uh, being portrayed by Ray Stevenson, who makes his return to Star Wars since providing the voice of Gar Saxon in Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, and then his, uh, wait, is that his apprentice? Yes. Okay. Yes. The apprentice is Shin Hati, S-H-I-N space H-A-T-I, which counterdicts a lot of, um, a lot of rumors that people were trying to do was saying, oh, that's Mara Jade. Oh, I don't, I don't think we're going to ever get Mara Jade. It would be kind of sweet, but yeah. If we ever did, we would know right away it was Mara Jade. Yeah. Yeah. And but, I think if we like, get, I think if we get Mara Jade, it's going to, it will happen in an upcoming project that we'll talk about here in a bit. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think we're going to get Mara Jade because the character itself, like we've said on here before, the um the creation of that character to the development of that character depends a hundred percent on Luke Skywalker. Right. Right. And the Emperor. Yeah. Together. So but the whole point the, of the character the, break it down. She basically is there. Um, her whole motivation, everything is Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. But, but she made her first appearance though in *Heir to the Empire*, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but her whole reason for existing in 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 the book was for Luke Skywalker. Yeah, to kill Luke Skywalker, and then eventually she moved. She got past that. Right, right. So according to Wikipedia, they're not putting a label on them except um, she, you know. She's an apprentice to Skull. Skull's a former Jedi who survived Order 66. And right now they're using an orange-red light blade. I think part of that, they're also probably guessing because they don't have any inside knowledge other than what we've seen. Right. So I'm thinking right. they're taking what they see here and they're extrapolating a little bit and then they'll have to modify it depending on what the sh- what happens when we see the show. Now, I have heard talks of people saying uh, Dark Jedi since the term was coined in heir to the empire by timothy zon and, and this has got ties to heir to the empire um could they be dark jedi i don't know don't know I just, and actually i don't think um this really has much ties to the novels of um, heir to the empire dark force rising and last command other mm-hmm. than thrawn i think i think there may be some inspiration and in that they're going to pick be that it's going to be one of those cases where they're going to pick part specific parts from the old legends tells and adapt them to this time period. See, I think most of the parts that they would do that, we got it in a bad batch. Yeah. And I think part of that, we also got in rebels, mm-hmm. but they're I, also trying to figure out how to incorporate uh Ahsoka into it. I think more importantly for me is not what they are as to what, what their purpose is. Right. And what they're doing. Right. Because we just saw quick little flashes of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Are they, you know, are they, are they the main villain of of the show? Are they just? I mean, other than Thrawn, of course. Actually, I did get a little. We did by watching the videos um, from the stage at celebration. Um, the actual official ones. You got a little bit of more information about this. I almost forgot um, because uh, on stage after the Ahsoka panel, um, which was on Saturday. Who it was? Yeah, it was on Saturday. But um, we'll get to that. But um, Diana Lee and Astrano and. Um, the actress who plays the apprentice there, I don't remember off the top of my head what her name was yet. Uh, but they were talking, and um, Inosanto was saying how, um, now we know she follows and works with Thrawn. We know that from Mandalorian. That's not a secret now. Right. Uh, Ivana Sokno. Yeah. Well, um, and actually she's from, well, I found out she's from the Ukraine, and she really didn't know Star Wars much at all until she got cast in this. <laughs> she had no idea what she was getting into. <laughs> but um, Diana and um, the two of them were talking about how um, during filming, they worked together a lot. So these two, Balin and um, the apprentice here, both are working under Thrawn somehow. Right. Just by 
association of um, the magistrate here, Morgan Elsbeth is actually um, giving them direction, I guess, or something like that. Right. And that was actually from the stage, from the actresses themselves. Obviously, they were told they're allowed to say that. I mean, they couldn't tell you anything else, but. Right. Right. So it still stands. Yeah. Uh, what are they instructed to do? Um, then they, then Hera uh, being played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. He's keeping it in the family. Because she last year married Kenobi, Ewan McGregor. Yes. So welcome to the family. Star Wars, Lucasfilm is one big family. As oh, yeah. We see later on, which we're probably not going to have time to get into it, but the um, the, the uh, Dial of Destiny trailer, and we see um, multiple Star Wars actors all over the place in that thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we see the backside of Thrawn, and I about went Back nuts. Um, all we yeah, know is him. You might want to rephrase that. <laughs> Back profile of Thrawn. There we go. I see a lot of blue in this trailer. Um, I didn't see Thrawn's butt. And then the other interesting one was uh, my other favorite line from this was came from um, Hu Yang about maybe we should be starting over. Yeah. Of course, a lot of people are going, oh, this is them rebooting. They're going to reboot the sequel trilogy. Oh, shut up. No, I think he's referencing since he was designed for helping Jedis make their lightsabers in the Jedi Order, I think he's talking about restarting the Jedi Order. But I'm guaranteeing he, at this point, does not know that Luke's already doing that. Correct. Yeah, I'm sure. So He may show up in a movie in a couple of years. Yeah. Another 20, 30 years down the road from where they're at here. So that brings me to an interesting thought. Just a thought, not anything that I expect. To but what do you think would happen if there were um, small groups of Jedi trying to restart the Jedi Order on their own? Do you think they would do like a rebellion thing and end up forming together? Or do you think they would start all these offshoots of the Jedi? Or what do you think I, would happen? That's an interesting thought. I don't think we would get groups of Jedi at this point. You might have one Jedi here and there that kind of like Kanan had found someone to be an apprentice. So they right. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I mean. Right. But they try to start their own, you know. And may, maybe that's what we're seeing with Balin and Shen is there's maybe. a master apprentice. Maybe. That, okay. The Sith survived for so long because of the rule of two. Maybe that's the way the Jedi Order needs to be now in survival mode. Mm-hmm. Not Possibly. knowing Possibly. how many other Jedis are still around. Right. Until you run into them. It's been proven way wrong, but I a lot of times before um, they started defining more stuff, when they were talking about balance of the force, I always thought when we get to the like Return of the Jedi, the force is pretty much, or by Empire, the force is in balance because you had two Jedi and two Sith left. It, that would make sense, yeah. Yeah. Because you had Yoda, Luke, and you had um, the Emperor and Vader. Right. Right. So, even at the end of that movie, it was balanced until you get to the um, until it's just Luke again. Right. Because you kill off the emperor. Then it, it was Vader and Luke. I don't know. That's just that was something that was running in my head back when I back before they explained everything. Right. I can totally see that. OK, uh, sorry. Sorry to do this, guys, but I, I'm looking at my time code. I know where we're supposed to <laughs> where we mm-hmm. need to be. And we still got a lot to cover. So I, I think we're covering this for weeks. So uh, <laughs> Focus on this panel, the showcase here, and then if we get more, we get more. I'm almost thinking, because we may not all be caught up on uh, Mandalorian next week either, which is the finale, Uh, but the week after, we're going to do a roundtable. Okay. Uh, So we'll talk about the last two episodes and then the whole season as a whole. 
Uh, so whatever we don't finish this week, we could do next week. Yeah, because there's more on this panel. We've not even got out of the Lucasfilm Showcase panel yet. Well, that's where I'm going next. Um, then they announced three new Star Wars movies. Hey, just like the rumor said. And they and they showed a timeline. And with the timeline, it went uh, Old Republic, High Republic, um, and then were the first two. And it was it, the Fall of the Republic. Was that what? Or Fall of the Jedi? I I don't remember. And right yeah, now, I really, I really don't want to go looking for. I can't really go looking for the the image. Pick it up right now. I have it saved. Cool. Uh, go through the timeline real quick if you have it popped up. Hold on, I don't have it up yet. All right. Let me find it. Uh, but nice. Kathleen Kennedy mentioned, you know, we're, you know, we, we had the timeline, okay. uh, and, the timeline. and that George Lucas said years ago, he created Star Wars to move forward and backwards along a mythological timeline. Now we're looking to broaden that timeline, building a rich future, expanding upon the present, going deep into the past to tell our stories and we'll be spanning the past, the present and the future. So timeline go. Please. Timeline starts with Dawn of the Jedi. Then it goes to the Old Republic. Then it goes to the High Republic. Then the Fall of the Jedi, the prequels. Reign of the Empire, the Bad Batch era. Uh, Age of Rebellion, uh, the Andor series. And Rebels, original trilogy, War, yeah. Original trilogy. The New Republic, um, Mandalorian and everything. Uh, Rise of the First Order, which is starts with Resistance and the sequel trilogy. And then the New Jedi Order, which is... Post sequel trilogy. So you, you said post sequel trilogy. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Uh, Charmaine Obed Chinoy's film, uh, who she is one of the new directors. Uh, she directed Miss Marvel and Saving Face. We'll be doing a film set in the events 15 years after Star Wars Rise of Skywalker and will feature Daisy Ridley returning as Rey. She builds a new Jedi Order. So much for the end of the Skywalker saga, since this movie is going to be all about Rey Skywalker. I I still think, unless they call this episode 10, I I don't don't foresee this being an episode 10, and I don't foresee this being a part of the saga, because they announced the saga was done. Well, they are. They did say, um, Kathy Kennedy did say they are bringing back the crawl for the movies. Cool. Fine. I'm okay with that. Um, but looking at this timeline, it's like, the, it's kind of interesting. Some of the stuff that's in here, because if you look at the old publishing before legends, uh-huh. the um, dawn of the Jedi is your tales of the Jedi era, uh-huh. which is a lot, a lot of the same thing. But if you go to the very end, what was the end of the timeline book wise? Remember the series of books that they, well, they eventually put a couple of books behind it, but Wasn't the new it? Jedi order was actually a line of books yeah. that was at the end after the use on Vong war. Yeah. Or actually, yeah. Use on Vong. All of that stuff was um, New Jedi Order. Yeah, which all takes place. I, mean, I don't think they're going to bring them into this. Probably but. not. It'd be interesting to see what they do. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe they will bring what they consider the best parts or, or the fan favorite parts of that into the sequel, ver- into the Rid- uh, Daisy Ridley world. Possibly. Well, I'm I'm kind of retconning a little bit. I was not super excited about this announcement because I'm kind of I'd rather than move on to other places than continue with this storyline. But well, one of the three movies is that I'm really excited about that. Yes, one that goes back to the original Dawn of the Jedi. Oh, I'm wicked excited about that one. Going back to this one, I think as long as they don't try to tie this back into 
saga. I don't see how they can't if it's about Ray. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to at some. And bringing the Jedi back. Yeah, and it's about starting a new Jedi Order. So Right, but I think if you were, as long as you don't, I would think if you don't call it episode 10, avoid that and make this its own stand world, standalone film or beginning of a new trilogy that has nothing to do with the episodic films. I think it could be, and it's just focusing on Ray and what she's doing from here forward. I think it could, as long as Charmaine either directs the other films as well, or is an executive producer and helps maintain the direction. Well, this is a one-off film. It's not actually, it's not a trilogy. It's not a, at the moment, at the moment, it's a one-off film. Well, that's what they're billing it as a one-off film. Right. But we know if it's accepted, it could turn into more. Well, yeah. Especially dealing with the new Jedi order. You have more tell you, you would have more tells to tell. But as y'all were talking about, James Mangold is coming in. Uh, We know him from Logan, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, uh, which I'm actually excited for that film. I'm still lukewarm on it. Um, He will be going back to the dawn of the Jedi, uh, basically talking about the beginnings with the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I'm excited about, but also a little nervous about. Because that's one of those things where do we want to actually see the actual story of it or is it better as a myth? See, I I, I don't see this as being um, a story that happens during that time, but not specifically the story of what started the Jedis. See, I'd, yeah, I'd be cool with that. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like what I was yeah. saying with the, the old tales of the Jedi comics. I'm, I'm hoping they were exploring hyperspace routes and stuff, but it doesn't say how did they figure this out. I'm there was, there I'm was hoping. a comic put out by Dark Horse years ago that was the actual origin of the Jedi and, and the Sith and everything. That was interesting, but yeah. That may or may not be available on Marvel Unlimited. I got to renew my subscription to find out. It might be, yeah. Because Marvel, Unli- Marvel Unlimited, Marvel put a lot of the Dark Horse stuff on yeah. Marvel Unlimited. Um, I mean, closer to the end of the Dark Horse run, so. I, I'm hoping um, that there is a lot of influence from Tales from the Jedi, or Tales of the Jedi comics, and even the, the few books that came out. Uh for for a lot of the inspiration and maybe a couple characters from it, key characters from it to be the, the starting foundation for this, because I could see Dawn of the Jedi, the Dawn of the Jedi or Mangold's film potentially becoming a a two part or a trilogy series as well. I could definitely see it as a trilogy. Um, and again, like you, Derek, I don't want to see the the ape becomes Homo sapien aspect. Right. Of, oh, look, giant tower. A bang on it. Oh, cool. Kyber crystal. <laughs> let's put let's create something to put it in. Oh, look, we just created a lightsaber. I don't I don't want to see that, but I wouldn't mind seeing it. I mean, to me, that would be almost like going, oh, I want to see a movie about the creation of the first Roman Empire. Right. No, exactly. but this- we get in there what this is going to be too so finish up your thought there i was going to say if we see something where you know we're five ten fifteen years into the creation of the jedi order and they're still trying to find their way Mm. cool i'm okay with that and finding their way you know doing the hyperspace you know charting the hyperspace and all that right establishing themselves as jedi order and 
Yeah. yeah. Well, according to Mangold, he said that um, about his film, he thought he thought about a biblical epic like the like the Ten Commandments and drawing on the Force and, and the dawning of the Force. Uh, where did the Force come from? Where? When did we discover it? When did he, we know how to use it? And a story just started to develop. So, okay. So let me ask this question. Mangold, it's set twenty five thousand years in the past. Wow. So, so let me, let me pose this question with something like that, with what we, what I had su- suggested, I guess would be the right phrase of, um, five, 10, 15 years into the beginning of the, the order with some of that being flashbacks. Would that be okay? Possibly. Yes. Right, w- would you accept that as, as f- little flashback montages? Yes. You know, it could almost be fun. They're not going to do it. I guarantee it. I know. I know. But. We found out Daisy Ridley is coming back for that third movie. Um, what if we open the movie? It's Daisy Ridley opening those Jedi texts that she got from Luke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you do the whole movie is basically just her reading the Jedi texts and it's what's in the text. So have that her was, have her voice over every now and then as narration. Yeah, it's a narrator. That, that would be again, like, tells like, of the Jedi. Which would be cool. Yeah, that would fit the tells of the Jedi. Also, you can interpret it that. Oh, there's some stuff that's embellished a little bit. This may not be exactly the way it worked. This is exactly the way it was written down. Right. Because then people could play with it all a little bit here and there and say, oh, well, maybe this was uh, um, recorded a little bit different than the way it happened. Or maybe this was exactly the way it said. Yeah. Just, uh, just how it actually that could, that could work, the too. The farther you go back with yeah. history, the fuzzier the picture that, gets. Yeah. And, and even with that, and say there's a, there's a second movie, maybe you could have that movie open from an earlier time period with Luke telling these stories to a group of younglings. Possibly. At his academy. Now we're getting into our tales of the Jedi idea, which actually we did get an announcement that there is a second season of that coming at some point. Yes. Um, but the great thing is that... Um, now, Mangold gave that description for his film. Uh, Obed Chinoy uh, discussed hers um, as she was really interested in the hero's journey, she said, for this New Jedi Order movie. She says, I think that's the heart of Star Wars, and that's why I'm attracted to the promise of the New Jedi Order. It was all about the hero's journey. Right. Then the last Filoni Filoni <laughs> is bringing Filoni, all he says is, I get to make a movie. We're yeah. drawing on a lot of things, bringing them all together. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, his, but his response, his is basically going to be the Avengers of the Star Wars verse, mm-hmm. which is cool, but it's also a little sad because that means the well, they're not done again. Yeah, what, they said that doesn't mean it's mm-hmm. over and done, but I mean, well, gotta, ten, tentatively, we're still supposed to have two more seasons of Mandalorian. Well, yeah. they even said they don't have a, that's what's in the books right now, but they don't have an end written for Mandalorian, right? They said as long as they're um, still have good stories, they want to keep making them. Filoni and Favreau both said that. So you right. can do this movie and then continue on with a series after that. That's fine. So with yeah. this movie, we're, we're looking at potentially Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and, Skeleton. and Skeleton Crew all being tied together in this. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Was there something else in it? Not in the Mandoverse. We'll be is a part the, of it. His acolyte is, high, is into High Republic. Yeah. yeah. Um... Never mind, I forgot was what I was gonna say. So could could the could Filoni's movie be a retconning of a combination of the trilogy of the Heir to the Empire series? I don't know. With Thrawn being the big baddie. I don't think so. I mean you're gonna see elements of it. Well, like we have before, we've already seen elements of those because you can't tell stories outside of the original trilogy without having a little bit of influence from that. Because that basically right. that book series is what 
um, basically rekindled the fire of Star Wars. Okay, then then the next question there to start with. But those novels, all of us remember when did the first, when Air the Empire hit the scene. All of a sudden, Star Wars is back. Right, and it was built that way in the in the ads and all the um, press for it. That dude, this is the restart of Star Wars. What was the series that introduced us to Black Sun? Is that Heir to the Empire or is that Shadows of the Empire? I don't remember. Oh, shadows. shadows, yeah. Yeah, it was Shadows. Maybe, had, maybe, we, were, maybe we had towards Shadows of the Empire. It was Caesar? Possibly. I saw something online. Somebody asked or uh, brought up, oh, could could they bring a live action Dash Rendar in? Which they should. I mean, could be. I would like to see that. I liked, I liked that character. He was well, if good. we could... Once we eventually get around to um, where Jedi Survivor is, there's some I don't know who is that that's helping him out in the as a new co-star in this. I don't know. Is he a pilot? Is that an old ex Jedi or what? You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, to continue on, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention. Um, well, highlight they they talked a little bit about uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yeah. Uh, so to kind of wrap up this um, showcase. Uh, we got an exciting new look at Andor season two, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. It's a short teaser, which means they're a lot further along than I thought. Yeah. Um, Mon Mothma, yep. obviously Mon Mothma's in this, but it was also interesting to see Mon Mothma in Ahsoka. Yes. Well, we know she's still there. Yeah, but it's yeah. interesting that she's a part of this. Yeah, because remember when we get to um, actually if. If you're looking at the actual canon books, Mon Mothma is still involved all the way up to when Leia leaves the Senate. Yeah. And Mon Mothma, I think, just retires from politics in general about right around that same time. Right. Because she's just as um, frustrated as Leia is. Uh, Then, played by someone who I love to get on the show just because of the nature of the characters he plays, Jonas Tsutamu, we're introduced to the Wookiee Kelnaka, who is a Jedi Master. Yes, and he was so excited about that. <laughs> and he will be a Wookiee Jedi Master in the Acolyte. So we now know there are there's Baraka from the books, mm-hmm. and there's another Wookiee Kelnaka in this coming in the Acolyte series. Well, um, remember, Yoda has said in the movies and in Clone Wars and stuff that the Wookiees have a special affinity with the Force. Yes. Yeah. So I'm thinking sense because they're all they you know they're all attuned to nature and everything. Yeah. I'm wondering if well we saw yeah we saw in um, Bad Batch how they were. Yeah. I'm wondering if all Wookies are force sensitive to a certain point. Well, I would. And with that, I would think so. And with that one episode too, with them doing what they did with the tree, made me think: Does Omega potentially have some force ability and force sensitivity? Where would she get it from? I don't know. Just a mutation from the cloning. Or did they? <laughs> or, or, or did she? Midichlorians. Yeah. I mean, it'd be curious. It'd be a curious side story to, to know because remember, she goes in and starts praying with the Wookiees at the tree. Mm. Uh, of course, we get the uh, number three, the origins of the. These are, these are the 11 highlights of uh, that uh, panel. The origins of the Acolyte. Yeah, we got a lot of Acolyte stuff on this, even though there was a teaser that they ran, I guess, in the room. But outside of that, we meet almost the entire cast. We do get, I haven't seen the teaser leak, but I've seen images of the teaser leak, images from the teaser. Yeah, they actually describe a lot of it here in the article here. Yeah. Once the part four here. Um, then uh, number five, well, then number four is the sneak peek of the Acolyte coming next year, 2024, which is okay. I'm all right with that. Uh, number five, John Favreau, Filoni, and Rick Famu. 
Ewa on the different voices and on the different voices building Star Wars today. Uh, number six, insight into Ahmed Best's return as Kellyanne Beck, um, which was a fun yeah, discussion. I heard, heard Favreau's um, description of why they used that character and stuff. That was awesome. Yes. Uh, number seven, pulling back on the curtain of the skeleton crew. Um, Kathleen Kennedy said their approach to the series is similar to the tone of the 80s Amblin films. Hmm. I wonder Just how she would know that. The beginning. That hasn't changed at all. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how that could have been, where that influence may have come from. I have no idea. Maybe because she used oh, to be oh, a she producer. Nuh-uh. She doesn't oh. know anything about Amblin films. <sighs> Just a um, skeleton crew may start kids, but it's not just for kids. Cast members uh, were introduced. Uh, it, uh, Ravi Cabot Conyers, Kyriana Cratter, and Robert Timothy Smith were joined by Jude Law on stage, which I'm still excited to see Jude Law, especially after seeing him portray uh, in the Peter Pan and Wendy trailer for Disney Plus, which actually looks pretty good. Jude Law is playing Hook. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. It this trailer. I'm kind of excited for because it looks like it's staying pretty close to the original material and not just Disney redoing the animated series. It looks like they're drawing in a lot of original material on it as well. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to it. I, it's Disney live action remake, but I'm still a little concerned. But this one, I, I, this one I've been the most excited for see of the live action stuff jungle cruise i was intrigued so or jungle cruise um jungle book i was intrigued because it was feloni and what he was doing mm-hmm. but um so uh then number eight the ahsoka teaser trailer poster and premiere month it's coming out august 2023 that's, later than, that's later than i expected august of this year yeah i was expecting june but i'm okay with august because a certain smuggler has a birthday in august on solo really i didn't know that it's cool. And show drops on a Wednesday. Oh, man. The show will drop before a certain smuggler's birthday. The day before a certain smuggler's birthday. So early birthday present to me. Be an episode of Ahsoka. And to quote Zoe from last week's We Be Geeks, Disney Plus is going to be hers when the Ahsoka series drops. Because <laughs> she will be watching each episode multiple times each week. Is it just going to be one episode? The first week, or do you think they'll drop two? I don't know. As they have with other series. I haven't heard how many episodes this is going to be. Me either. I'd love to see them go 12 or um, twelve or 14, kind of like they have with some of the other ones. I Standard's been six to eight. Except Mando. Mando's been eight. And Andor. Andor went 12. Right? Yeah. Well, Bad Batch is but it's also Bad, Bad, Bad Batch is animated. Yeah. That went 16. Right. That's animated. Depends on what Dave Filoni wants to do. It's going to be minimum six. Book of Boba Fett was, was it six or eight? I think it, uh, it that was, one was six because Obi-Wan was eight, I believe. Obi-Wan was eight. Seven, I want to say. Tell you what, we'll look it up next week. Uh, we'll have that information for next week. Because uh, I'm looking at time, time code and time, and I got to get this wrapped soon. Yeah. Um, sorry, a little bit. Pulling back our curtain a little bit. Uh, number nine, three new Star Wars movies are on the way, which we just talked about. Uh, number 10, Daisy Ridley returns. Uh, number 11, the final Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny trailer is here, and it looks wonderful. I, I got a lot of Raiders of the Lost Ark vibes with it. Yeah. So, uh, so that takes us through Friday, Thursday and Friday. We still got Saturday and Sunday to go. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, before we wrap this up, though, uh, Variety actually got a hold of Kathy Kennedy right after this panel. They got a little more information about some of the stuff that was not announced yet. That actually has to do with this, too, because I guess um, for years now, we've heard about Ryan Johnson and Taika Waititi having, the, having the other stuff running around. I guess those are still in the works. According to Kathy, she told Variety that um, the collaboration with Ryan Johnson, um, who's potentially working on a Star Wars trilogy, she said, she said, Ryan and I talk all the time. He's unbelievably busy, so we're not actively involved in anything at the moment because because he's doing another one of the uh, Glass Onion movies. And then uh, God knows what else. <laughs> but um, he really wants to step that, back that into this space. Huh? He's also got that Poker Face series. Yeah. Well, she said it's a big commitment of time, so that's really up to really up on him. Right. And then Taika Waititi work, is still working on a standalone movie. He says Taika is still working away. He's writing the script himself. He doesn't really want to bring others into the process, and I don't blame him. He has a very, very unique voice. You want to <laughs> watch some of the TV series that he's made? That uh, so that is probably we, one of the best things I heard was he was doing it himself. Yeah. Well, she says, so we want to protect that. And that's what he's doing. But we're going to we were going to make that one day. And then I guess Ewan McGregor um, still there. She was asked about a potential second season for Obi-Wan. And um, she said that Ewan really wants to do it right now. They got enough stuff on. They're not really that's not in the plans at the moment. But Ewan really, really wants to do it. Yes. And I think, well, he even said, because I, I want to say there was a panel that involved him. He said he he is open to, to more Star Wars himself. Mm-hmm. And um, I think even alluded to if there was another Obi-Wan series, he would he would produce as well. He would, he would be a producer like he was this last time. Yeah. Which for me is absolutely fine. Um, so at this point in time, final thoughts, guys. Um, I have two final thoughts. Number one, so we know the Jedi Survivor game is coming out soon at the end of the month. Have any of you guys looked at the uh, or seen the um, what you get with the pre-orders? No. No, I was hoping I got something because I pre-ordered mine like two months ago. There are there are cool character packs, um, you know, um, like clothing and weapons and stuff. One of which is you can now um, dress your Kyle up as uh, Cal up as um, – Han Solo. Nice. He's got the whole full Han Solo outfit with the blaster and everything. And there's a couple other cool ones. And my other thing is, um, are either of you familiar with John Hodgman? No. He was well, an actor, comedian guy. Anyway, <laughs> he came up with one of the best cringy dad jokes about the Andor series I've ever heard. And it was, uh, it was, uh, so you guys know the series Andor, right? Yes. Why not both? Oh, oh. <laughs> terrible. So, I'm still trying to figure it out. No, I, I figured it out. Someone's trying to take my job with dad jokes. <laughs> I told you it was a cringy dad joke. I don't know, fellas. I got a bad feeling about this. Uh. Yeah, just so you know, I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> That's all I got, folks. Ken, anything? I can't follow that. All right. <laughs> Gentlemen, sounds like there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. 
object. I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Oh, <laughs> my